Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. It's opening day for the Astros, for Tom and myself. It didn't go our way, Tom, but the Astros kind of ran into a buzzsaw today, buddy. Absolutely. Good evening, Rob. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Today was a day unlike any other. The Astros have lost a an opener for the first time since moving to the American League. It has been 10 years, but the sky has not fallen. We'll talk about it. All right. So the first thing I want to bring up is the pitch clock. When I was watching a spring training game, I was like, man, this feels really, really rushed. I didn't get that feeling today. I mean, Dylan Cease was going like a madman, but he was calling his own pitches. I wasn't bothered by it. It didn't, it didn't feel like it went by fast to me. So for me, I was only bothered by it in the sense that I think when you have a guy that is as talented as Dylan Cease, that can command the way Dylan Cease does, for, and, and Roger Clemens spoke to it, he wants the ball as fast as you can get it to him. He was talking about uh, Roy Oswald and how he just – Give me the ball so I can go at you again. Because that was something that kept the hitters off balance. They didn't have time to kind of, you know, slow you down, wear you down. And I think as I watched the game, that's what I felt. I was like, man, the the one thing I wanted more than anything was guys to call time. But, I mean, you only get like one of those because you could just see he was in such a rhythm. And it was like it was it was pitch and catch for him. So, I think early on, I think the pitch clock is really going to be advantage pitcher. So we are going to do fair fouls on the fly today because I don't think that we cannot talk about these fair fouls during the show. So we talked about the pitch clock, and that is actually number five on my list, fair foul, the pitch clock, just after one regular season game. I say fair. It didn't bother me at all. I th- I'll say fair on the condition that I feel like they should get an extra five seconds. There was one instance where Framber felt like he couldn't get off the mound and he got into a little bit of trouble because of it, because he normally would have a, a, a reset. You know, these guys that are real cerebral, all mental, you know, and they get in their emotions a little bit. I think it's really important. And you can see Framber constantly try to do it whenever he gets a chance to really try to reset his mind so he can focus. Cause I think he's probably a little on the ADHD, maybe something like that. So for him to not be able to do that, I think could eventually hurt him in the long term. And uh, for the hitters, I think, you know, we've already seen it in other major league games where the umpires are getting a little aggressive with the pitch clock. The guy can be in the box, but if he's not staring down the pitcher exactly with one second left, they're calling a strike. And I don't think that should ever be the case. I don't know what game it was, and I saw the highlight twice. But there was a guy at bat. There was a guy on first, and they called a strike on the hitter because the guy on first took too long to get back to first. That was 
Baltimore and uh, Boston, it was Rafael Devers. And while I don't think it cost Boston the game, they only lost by one run. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just crazy. So I, I mentioned this before to somebody. I don't know if it was you, but it's a pitch clock, but it's also a hitter's clock. The hitters have to be ready. Even if the pitcher isn't ready, they have to be there ready to go facing the pitcher and the pitcher could be facing center field. It doesn't matter. But now it looks like it's also a man on base clock. It's just, I, I, I think like what you're saying, you know, some of the umpires, I don't know if you call it power hungry or uh, I don't, I don't know. They're getting carried away maybe, but hopefully something like that doesn't cost a team a game. But earlier, you mentioned that the game was on ESPN and you mentioned the rocket. So two part question. It was so weird for me when the game was over and ESPN starts talking about Aaron judge. Cause I'm so used to going back to the studio and hearing it, uh, hearing the guys talk about the Astros. So it was really weird. And I ended up turning it down. So what'd you think about that? And also, so what overall, what'd you think about the ESPN broadcast and what did you think about the rocket? So that's fair foul, the ESPN broadcast slash rocket. I say fair. I thought the rocket was great. So I'll answer it in two parts. Thank you. Roger Clemens is absolutely fair. I love what he brought to the game. I love how he quarterbacked it sort of Tony Romo-esque where he basically said, oh, I'm throwing a splitter right here. Or, 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 you know, I'm doubling up that pitch because he can't hit it. There was an at-bat with Hector Neris where he completely called the at-bat. And, it, and that's what you want. You want him to be able to tell you what's coming because I think that's that serves you better. You know what I mean? Like, wow, he's really, you know, analyzing this as opposed to just kind of commenting after what happens. And I think that's what's really sells right now in the NFL. I think that'll be really great in the Major League Baseball realm if you get guys that were pitchers or guys that, you know, can literally look at it and go, Oh no, he, the, the, the catcher wants this, the pitcher wants that. And I think the catcher's right. And then whatever happens, happens. The ESPN broadcast will always be foul for me because <laughs> I always believe, and maybe I'm biased. Maybe I just feel like the Astros are the big ticket draw in my mind. They're the defending world series champion. That whole broadcast should be catered to them. We should be listening to them glorify the Astros because they've earned it. If that's the Yankees, if that's the Dodgers, they're going out of their way to do little pieces for the Yankees, for the Dodgers. We're talking about all the history, blah, blah, blah. We spent more time in this game talking about the the first-time manager for the Chicago White Sox and his relationship to one of the broadcasters than we did the Astros. And for me, that's just not okay. And it'll, it'll, it'll always be like the Astros of the small market draw, no matter how much they shouldn't be. And until the big uh, marketing or, or, or the big, you know, ESPN Fox sports gets with the program and shows them the proper respect. I'm always going to think they're foul because you know what? It, it, it's not supposed to be, you know, that one-sided we're not supposed to be talking about, you know, the, the smaller draw more, more Astros fans in my mind are watching that game than White Sox fans. Now there's plenty of haters out there that I'm sure are rooting against those and whatever, but 
it should sound like I'm broadcasting to the Astros the same way that if it's a Yankee broadcast, we're hearing about judge and Jeter and, and Cole and, and, you know, and they did their job. They, they, they talked up Framber a little bit. They, they interviewed Breggs, but even the interview seemed kind of like fake, you know, like that was forced, you know, it just didn't feel genuine in my mind. You know, some of the questions weren't necessarily, I think they could have asked better questions. Now I, I get it there from fans, but they're probably screening like hundreds of questions. And it was just like, ah, we got to do this here. Whatever. Did your mom wear a? Uh, he, he was talking about his connection to the Yankees. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it had it had nothing to do with the Astros. It was it was it was. And I get it. That was Bregman's past, and he answered it well and made a great play while in the middle of that. Yeah, that was cool. So, but I don't know. It was I, really cool. I feel like it, maybe it's just me. I, and Astros fans are probably right there with me, going, "Yes." It didn't at bother least I me. I hope they are. It didn't bother me at all. No. So going back to the pitch clock before we put that to rest, the game was two two hours and thirty eight minutes. I don't know if I said that or not. Mm-mm. And uh, so, and then also going back to the rocket, what was cool about it is when you watch the Astros broadcast and they have Bagwell on there, you get a lot of the hitters' perspective and strategy. And like you said, when Naris was pitching and he's like, what are you going to do here? He'd throw him another one. And he gets another strike. What are you going to do here? Throw him another one. Like, just keep throwing it. He's he's not going to hit it anywhere. You know, he's not. And so I thought it was awesome. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And it was like comparing it to Tony Romo and the football. That, that was a good job by you. All right. So I have to bring this up. <clears throat> I'm just, it's going to be like fair foul at the beginning. <laughs> Haven't even got through how they how the game ended or what <laughs> I know we haven't even talked about it, but I mean it's part of this. I saw the lineup. And you know, I'm not gonna complain about Dusty being Dusty. Some people were saying it should be Hensley instead of Dubon, but Dubon's a second baseman, Hensley's the utility guy. We talked about that last time. And but Chaz. I don't care what the matchup is based on his World Series appearance. I mean, his World Series performance. There's no way he shouldn't have started this game. No way at all. So that's foul. Chaz <laughs> deserved to start. It's fair. That's the question. All right. The answer is fair. Chaz did deserve to start. However, I will try to rationalize why Dusty did what Dusty did. In, in everything that I've seen with Dusty Baker, in him managing the Nationals, the Reds, uh, the, the Giants, the Astros, he has always been the most players coach there ever, players manager there ever was. And I feel that he, when I, when I saw the lineup, the first thing I thought, well, well, this is Dusty going, Jake was my guy first. And Jake got hurt. And I feel that I owe Jake. Dubon was my guy. Dubon, Dubon's an ex-giant. He's got that story. They're tied together. I'm giving this to Dubon. And he did it for that reason only. There, you can't, you can't look at the numbers. He told he was interviewed. He got told, or he told somebody that Jake gives them a better chance against Cease than Chess. And I don't know that anyone, if you asked to a man, would agree to that. Like no one would. 
There's no numbers anywhere that support that. That's just Dusty's opinion. No, that didn't matter at all. So, and and that's just Dusty. Dusty's gonna Dusty. That's what I'll say. That's that is that is totally Dusty being Dusty because <laughs> I mean I don't like I said I don't care if Dubon started. I could care less. But Chaz deserves to start. All right, so that is. I got two more. Let's just get them out of the way. Sorry, folks. <laughs> the gold, the gold brim on the batting helmet. I thought that was a nice touch. Fair or foul? That's a fair for me, buddy. That's a fair for me as well. I think they did a really good job with that. I think they did a really good job with the jersey in general. I thought it was a good look. I don't know that I would go out of my way to buy it, but I thought it looked good. My wife was watching it and she was like, I don't really like those jerseys. And I was like, well, they're only they're special ones, and we're gonna wear them like two or three times. So don't worry about it. But enough, the last one. It's fair or foul to start the show. Sorry, folks. <laughs> but I, they, uh, the people that make their major league debut are going to have patches on their jerseys. And someone mentioned that'll make a great, like, rookie baseball card if they can get a picture with them with that patch on their shoulder. And I say that's fair. It's pretty cool. I thought the the patch was fair, but then I found out they weren't going to make it gold for Yiner, and I thought that was foul. I thought that that patch should be gold just like everything else, like the Oxy patch. I thought I thought that was nice. All right, let's get to the poll. I put a poll out about that Oxy patch. I had longtime listener Mark. He goes, hey, put out a poll, because he was complaining about the Oxy patch, and I was really against it, but... So I, I put a poll out. Like, is the oxy patch bothering you? Forty-two percent said it's killing me. Fifty-eight percent said they don't even notice it. And I think, like you had mentioned a while back, that it kind of—it's not—it's not orange and blue, but it sort of blends in, and you—it really blends in when it's solid gold. And I think, like, I think the the normal patch will be a blue. So it'll look like part of the uniform. I think when you look at some of the other patches that I've seen around the league, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, it's blue and red, but like I'm saying, it, it looks like it belongs there. And our, they already had that big old Astro circle, so I'm fine with it. So anyway, let's get to the game, folks. Let's tell you what happened. Dylan Cease was on fire. He got 19 straight batters out in a row after Jeremy Pena had a leadoff single, which was pretty awesome because you had that who's going to lead off. And I thought, whoa, he made a good decision. You know, Pena leads off, but he was tearing it up. So he goes six and a third, only two hits. The Astros only got two hits and one run. And that was when another pitcher came in and it was credited to him. No walks and 10 strikeouts. It's an amazing performance. I had I had someone I, I wrote on Twitter that the Astros ran into a buzzsaw and someone said, Well, Dylan Cease didn't get the win. But he's the reason they lost. I'm telling you now. That's it. He shut them down. Well, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put this loss on or I wouldn't attribute the loss to Dylan Cease. When Dylan Cease left the game, the Astros were still zero zero. I think that they probably would have done more against a different pitcher. Yeah. However, Dylan Cease was the runner up for the Cy Young. 
So it wasn't like he was just a guy. It wasn't just anybody. So very talented. I think he benefited from the pitch clock. I think he worked really fast, had guys off balance because he was just peppering the zone. And then he got a couple calls here or there. Uh, Jordan had a 3-0 count that he gets a strike on, on ball four. Then he comes inside. So then Jordan swings at it. Then he goes back to the spot where he got the strike on 3-0 and strikes him out. Does that change anything? Probably not. But just, just the fact that he was getting the zone he wanted also on top of being very, very, very effective made him really hard to handle. Uh, credit to Fromber. He battled. He wasn't as sharp as he could have been. Credit to uh, uh, Brian Abreu, uh, Naris getting out of that jam. <clears throat> we'll just we'll just uh, have to see how it goes going forward. Yeah, Framber really battled in this game. I believe that he had the bases loaded twice. I could be wrong, but I really think he had the bases loaded twice. And that it, you know, if you're a White Sox fan and they would have lost the game, you'd be here going. L-O-B, L-O-B, we got killed because we can't get these guys in. But Framber, I mean, I give him all the credit in the world. I mean, the guy was kind of struggling here and there. You know, like you said, it's tempo. He did because he kind of he's kind of one of the guys that like to walk around the the mound, you know, it's kind of not normal for him to go so fast. But he still did good. Five innings, six hits, no runs. He also had no walks. Both starting pitchers had no walks. Uh, he only had four strikeouts. And like you said, we can debate it all night about Dylan Cease having a huge part of this win for the White Sox. But we scored first. Bottom of the seventh, Jordan scored on a wild pitch. Jordan was hit by a pitch. Abreu got a single on his former team. Tucker walked. We had the bases loaded. Scored on a wild pitch and couldn't get any more. But that was, they brought in that lefty with that crazy sweeping pitch. But I felt good. I mean, bottom of the seventh. I mean, we, we, we're, I mean, we're getting mowed down. But our pitchers are mowing them down. And it's a, it was a good game. I, I really thought we had it there. I totally agree. Uh, the one thing that kind of stood out to me was we, we all worried collectively. The injuries to Jose Altuve, Michael Brantley, what, how productive the lineup would be. And I think coming out of spring training, certain guys made the roster because they were swinging the bat well. And in this game, you really kind of see where you need all those sticks to beat an upper tier pitcher like Dylan Cease. You need to have graded bats. You need to battle. You got to be able to have work eight, nine, 10 pitch at bats just to get that guy, if nothing else, to get him out of the game. So I think today was really tough on Yiner Diaz. I think today was really tough for Jake Myers. I think, you know, today was really tough on Mauricio Dubon. And it showed because the the lineup always seemed to find them with men on base. And it was like, yeah. all right, here we go. We need, we need to produce. So there's people, you know, saying Chaz should have started. Hensley should have started, but it wouldn't have mattered. I don't think uh, it would have mattered with those two guys the way Cease was. It would have mattered if we have Brantley and Altuve, but not those two guys. It wouldn't have mattered too much. <clears throat> this guy was on fire. But in the top of the eighth, the White Sox answer back, and we got really, really lucky on this. Moncada hit one in the right field corner and tried to stretch a double into a triple, and he almost made it. 
and he got called out. And then Grandall, I don't know if it was the next hitter or the one after that, solo home run to right field, and it's tied one to one. Well, I I don't I want to say we got lucky because they got lucky because ninety nine percent of the time that's a routine ground ball that most first basemen make, except for uh, Jose Abreu and Bill uh, Buckner. <laughs> I won't say that Jose Abreu won't make that play. He just didn't make it today. So is that normally a double slash triple down the line? Absolutely not. It was hit right at the first baseman. Um, Twitter was on it as soon as it happened. Yuli would have made that play. And Yuli probably does make that. I was going to say that just to, <laughs> to mess with people. Um, but, you know, I got to believe uh, he had some nerves. Uh, that's his team that he's saying, the team that he came up with, seeing from for the first time. You know, the pregame, he's chopping it up with some of those guys. You know that, that he had a lot of close relationships. It was tough. You know, I think tomorrow you're going to see a different Jose Abreu, guy that got that out of the way. All right, now I can go back to doing my thing because he had a really good spring. And then I totally disagree about the whole, you know, if if Chaz would have been there, if Hensley would have been there, for the simple fact that those guys, both of those guys will work a walk. And I think that was the one thing that this game needed so bad. And I tweeted it out. I'm like, this is where you guys, you need guys that will make and take good at bats so that if nothing else, you make those guys work and work and work. And then, then you run into bases loaded, somebody gets walked or bases loaded, somebody gets knocked in the way they scored their run. When Dusty was looking at the scorecard and talking to one of the bench coaches, I could have swore that he was going to make a move. I could have swore Hensley or somebody was going to come in and pinch hit for Dubon or uh, Jake Myers. I think Jake Myers actually messed up too earlier in the game, lallygagging on a, uh, uh, you know, a, a line drive to center field and, and the guy took extra base on him. He did. Luckily, Framber worked out of the jam. That's the play. The next play, the grounder that Bregman went home. But the guy's not at third base. If uh, Jake, Jake, like you could look, you could see Jake going, don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. So he took the most conservative approach to this ground or to this, you know, shot up, up the middle into center field. And I'm trying to, I think it was Elvis Andrews yeah. that, that ran through. And Former Ranger, Elvis Andrews. He just saw it. His, his body language was bad. He's like, that guy's not throwing me out. And he didn't. It wasn't even yeah. close. So that's something that if I'm Dusty and I'm watching, and this is something that I feel like if you're a fan of Chaz McCormick and you want to see him, you need these guys to, to play bad. You need these guys to make it an easy move to go, bring me Chaz, bring me Hensley. You know what I mean? You need Dubon to, to, to bat 201 so that they make those moves. So while they lost tonight against a very good pitcher, I think this was a this there is a silver lining there that tomorrow maybe we get Hensley. Tomorrow maybe we get Chaz going, hey, we gotta we gotta change it up. And if they perform, then you leave it alone. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There you go. And tomorrow is like actually a little bit more. It's like an, an extra an extra opening day because we get TK, Blummer, and Julia. But anyway, you go to the top of the ninth. Andrew Vaughn with a two-run double off of Presley. And again, the Rocket was pointing it out, and I probably wouldn't have noticed it. I probably just thought, you know, he was just trying to stay loose. And I don't even know if it was a thing, but it was just kind of odd that Presley was kept shaking his hand out, and he didn't do well. So if you remember – uh, Tuesday in Sugarland. I remember he pitched. <laughs> he pitched there, and we talked about his short outing. He only faced a couple batters. They pulled him out. I thought it was a pitch count. I thought it was much to do about nothing. In seeing this, I wonder if he's got something going on. He was able to get out of the inning. I didn't see a dip in velocity. His control looked good, but I just, I just wonder if. And, and for a while, I thought, like, maybe he had, like, a blister or something. But I don't know. And I, it's not good because we need him to be the 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 Grim Reaper. We need him to close the door. And uh, tonight, it definitely did not happen. Yeah, who would have thought Presley comes into the ninth inning and gives up two runs? We go down three to one. Bottom of the ninth, Jordan just totally crushed one. Too bad somebody wasn't on base. We would have been tied. That made it three to two. Uh, Abreu, when he was up to bat, he actually got a second chance because I think the same guy, Vaughn, plays first base up against the netting, missed it, and gave him another chance. But he couldn't score. He couldn't get it in foul territory. I think Tucker walked. And then Yiner Diaz, major league debut. I believe he struck out. I don't remember. Yeah, struck out. Yeah. Astros lose three to two. First opening day loss in 10 years. I know you touched on that. The White Sox, three runs on 11 hits. The Astros, two runs on four hits. Pena, one for four. Alvarez, one for four. I mean, one for three. Hit by pitch and a home run. Abreu got a hit off of his former team. And what can you say about Martin Maldonado hitting one off the Crawford box? I mean, I... It's too soon for, uh, you know, Coach Rose Awards, but that was a pretty good job by – let me tell you this. I th- I thought of this, you know, we we, we might have talked about it on the last episode. No Brantley, no Altuve. The bottom half of the lineups looks pretty weak on paper, and it looked pretty weak in the game. Absolutely, and I would not be giving your boy Maldi an award because there's <laughs> no reason that he should be 20 pounds lighter – and not be on second base when he hit that. Because my my first thought was like, oh, that's a double. You know, and he hadn't even rounded the, it was either a homer or a single. And for me, I oh, need yeah. him to be on second base. Because if he's on second base, then Duvon doesn't hit into the double play. Now, he did a mean, good job behind the plate. I can tell you that. Stop well, of course. Yeah. yeah, of course. That's, that's, that's his bread and butter. That's why he bats 201 and no one questions it. Right. And everything he gives you is great. However, tonight could have been his night to win this this ball game if they score that run there. Maybe it's different. I always feel like when closers come into a game that's tied, they don't pitch as well as if they come into a game they have to close. 
it's it's I don't know if it's a mental thing or whatever. Closers are weird creatures and they need that that extra adrenaline rush to get in that closer mentality to shut the door. And you see it far too often, not just the Astros, I'm talking about in general, where a closer will come into a tied game and give up a run because he's just not the same monster when he has the lead. All right, so the Astros left four on base, the White Sox left 11 on base. The, the, the White Sox are actually one for 10 with runners in scoring position, so props to the Astros pitchers minus Ryan Presley. <laughs> and I think that was uh, Montero that gave up the bomb, right? The the solo home run by Grandall. But anyway, that is all I have as far as covering this game. Is there anything that you wanted to add that might have stuck out to you? Uh, yes. The one thing that I'll say that stuck out to me was that you've got the the makings of a monster. I just, I just really feel like if this team is going to be that well defensively and, and as much as we bag on, on Dubon, he made a great strong throw off the relay from Tucker to get Moncada at their base. The one thing where, where the Astros are still just, just elite and you see it, I saw it on social media, you know, it's what makes them, them is their defense is so good. And you talk about the Bregman play that cuts down a run there. You talk about all the guys that left on base, you know, getting getting all these outs that, you know, other teams don't get. I really feel like that's where you worry about the Strohs. Defense still going to be their calling card. Tonight it was. They didn't get the dub. But I feel like once the reinforcements come, I feel like once some of the, the, the early jitters get out of the way, you're going to see a totally different baseball club. And I think this will motivate them because in, in listening to some of their, their uh, interviews pregame, they hate losing, you know, talking to Bregman, you know, got a bunch of guys in there. They're going to be angry. They're going to be upset that they lost this first game. They're going to come back motivated. So tomorrow's game is at 7-10. It is Lance Lynn, American hero Lance Lynn versus Christian Javier. I believe Framber went five innings. Javier may go five innings. I think the Astros are going to touch Lance Lynn more than they did Dylan Cease. And I just can't imagine the Astros losing the first two games of the year. We got our broadcast team back. We're going to be on AT&T Sports Southwest. I'm excited. Maybe we'll get Hensley. Maybe we'll get Chaz. Who knows? I would bet money that we get Chaz tomorrow for no other reason that it's ring ceremony day. All the guys will get their rings. So I think it's probably fair that what you touched on being the World Series hero that he was to be in center field on ring day. I think that's going to also add to the level of motivation. So I look forward to a great bounce back win tomorrow. I think the Astros are going to be just fine. And we'll be talking about it, I'm sure, sometime this weekend. Have we spoke about Justin Verlander being hurt? He got put on the I.L. We have not. And I went to eat at Twin Peaks, and it was disgusting, by the way. What? Oh, man, it was gross. It's the first time it's ever been bad, so I don't know what happened. But we're sitting there, and I see somebody, and I'm like, do I know this dude? And it's like... 
because I've, I've never seen him outside of work. And you see somebody in a uniform and you see him in street clothes. But anyway, it's like a father and two sons and they're just totally decked out in Mets gear. Like they're just Mets fans crazy. And so I, I went up to go to the bathroom. So I had to pass him and he's like, hey, I thought that was you. And I messed around with him. And I said, hey, you guys uh, ready for some Justin Verlander tonight? <laughs> Did you do that knowing or not knowing? No, I knew him. No, no, I knew no, I knew he, he was hurt. Oof, that's messed up. <laughs> did did we know he was hurt on the last episode? Because they were no, tro- it, it ca- oh it no, came it was out, his control, right? They were trolling him. Came out today, and uh, I, it was funny because when it popped up, it said like uh, with a terrace minor strain, and I'm like, what on earth is that? So I had to actually Google what exactly the injury was, and it turns out it's part of the lat, so it's you know, back of the shoulder type thing. So. uh yeah, uh, hopefully it's a speed recovery. I don't ever want to see anybody injured, especially not Justin Verlander. That may be why he's having control issues. Maybe he was trying to pitch through it. And uh, this is probably really smart for the Mets. I think the Mets are going to be just fine. I, I know they have rotation issues also, but uh, they've got a huge lineup as well that can bop with anybody. I think they got into got into, into a slugfest today. So we'll see. All right, we got a little bit of time, and I have all the scores here, so I'm going to go over the scores, folks. Let's let's talk about all the opening day scores here. The Mets beat the Marlins five to three. The Twins blanked the Royals two to zero. Losing pitcher was Grinky. The Blue Jays and the Cardinals duked it out ten to nine. Blue Jays winning that one. Pirates beat the Reds five to four. The Rangers. 11 to 7. They scored nine runs in the fourth inning. The Rangers beat the Phillies. That is amazing. The Rays beat the Tigers 4 to 0. The Cubs beat the Brewers. And that was probably, I saw them talking about it. It was like the fastest game of the day. It was really, really fast. And that's the game that was on when I was at Twin Peaks. The Orioles beat the Red Sox 10 to 9. Yankees 5 to 0. I think Aaron Judge got a home run. On his first pitch, the Braves beat the Nationals 7-2. Guardians and the Mariners are going at it, as well as the D-backs and the Dodgers. The D-backs are winning. And then the Angels, Athletics, Rockies, Padres, and that's it for the rundown. I will be moving the next three days. So there probably won't be any shows unless Tom feels like doing one by himself. So we will see you when... Let me think about it, Tom. We'll let y'all know, folks. (laughs) Yeah, well, hey, make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast so you'll know when we do have a a new episode come out. And also, if you want to help us out, give us a five-star review. That always helps. You can just hit five-star. We'll take that. But if you have a little extra time, write a review. That helps us. helps us move up the charts and... We really appreciate you guys tuning in all these episodes, and we're looking forward to more baseball. So fun being able to talk about the games, buddy. It's it's felt like it's been like 10 years since we've had a game to break down, right? It's, it has. It's, it's wild. It's wild. But it's, hey, now it's from here to hopefully October, deep into October, you know, night in, we- night out, that kind of thing. We have 161 games left to talk about, plus the playoffs. So 
come here for all your Astros news, scores, chat, whatever, because me and Tom will bring it to you each and every episode here on Astros Baseball. So tune in next time on Astros Baseball. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.